You're listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. My name is Eugene Hernandez, Deputy Director here at Film at Lincoln Center. Today we're sharing a Q&A from the 12th edition of our annual Scary Movies Film Festival, featuring the closing night selection Ready or Not, which is now in wide release. Directors Matt Bettinelli-Olpen, Tyler Gillette, and producer Chad Villella, along with the actors Samara Weaving, Mark O'Brien, and Andy McDowell, discussed crafting their adrenaline-fueled horror delight. Let's go now to that Q&A with Film at Lincoln Center programmer, Madeline Whittle. So many people stayed. <laughs> they want to hear from you. Well, that's a you. funny story. It all began. I'm joking. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. It's incredible to have this whole crew up on the stage. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was my second time seeing it, and I was blown away all over again. Um, so to start off, um, I will address my first question to Radio Silence. Uh, this is a very scary movie, fitting to close out scary movies. Uh, it's also a very funny movie. Uh, it's a political movie. It's even a moving movie uh, at certain moments. And uh, I wonder what drew you to this story, the script, and uh, how, as a, as a collaborative filmmaking collective, uh, how did you go about it? We were drawn to it because of all of those reasons, that it wasn't just one, one thing. It was a mix of things, and it was a mix of everything that we love about seeing movies in a theater, but also it, there was something so, um, there was, there, it has this replay value, this, this idea that I, when we'd finished reading the script for the first time, we immediately went back and started reading it again. There was just so much happening in it. It was, it was funny, and it was dramatic, and there were so many weird, awesome set pieces that we hadn't that we hadn't seen before, and um, it, was, uh, it was sort of the culmination of everything that we love about, about good, good movies. And the fact that it all coexisted in a single, a single story was certainly just a feat of, of writing. Um, the script is, it was incredible, and the development that Jamie and Tripp, the producers, did on it was just, um, you know, really, really <laughs> un unbelievably great. I mean, by the time we read it, it, so much of what's great about the tone of the movie was was um, was present in in that first draft, and so it was a really easy thing to uh, to fall in love with. It was an easy thing to send out to cast. We felt so so proud to to submit it to people because it was um, it was it, it, there was just something so undeniable about about it on the page. Uh, it is a movie that's very much built around its cast. Um, it's an ensemble cast that has fantastic chemistry and uh, seems. Uh, very well constructed in terms of all of the pieces fitting together. And since we have Samara and Mark and Andy, um, you guys all have different roles to play in this story. You're, uh, Mark and Andy in particular start out uh, as sort of benevolent seeming forces in the dynamics of the story, but then end up just as bad as the rest of them. And um, what went into that those performances and, and, and uh, especially as sort of an ensemble effort? Uh, I didn't know cameras were rolling. I just kind of, that's just how I behave. <laughs> uh, no, I, I will, it, it, it's an interesting story and I think, 
I think it's there's such a good conflict there. Like like uh, for my character, there's such a good conflict there of like, you know, he could have told her before, but <laughs> that probably would have worked out better. But at the same time, like you understand that he would have lost her. So I think it says a lot. Like you said, political stuff. Like it says a lot about family dynamics and tradition and history and kind of antiquated notions. And I think all that comes into play, especially for for both of us, of like what you stand to lose. And I think uh, when you're given everything or you have everything, it's a scary thing to potentially lose it. And I think for my character, it, it finally takes to the end of the movie to kind of really realize that. It's like, there's no going back right now. This is the only option. And it's interesting, I think, that my character knew all along that, that ultimately there's no way that you would have brought her here unless you were willing to go through with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You knew me better than I, I knew myself. Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew how much you loved her, and I, I understood that love. I understood that love, and would love for you to have it. But you have to, you have to stick with the family. Yeah, and eventually that's what happens, you know. And Samara, you uh, pulled off uh, an interesting feat, which is sincere surprise at the unfolding of events as your wedding night war on, um, and then sort of indignation, and all the way through to anger, and just exasperation, just you're fucking done with it. And so what, uh, what was your approach to your character? How did, how did she come together for you? Uh, yeah, I spoke, uh, it was a meeting with you guys, and um, I really didn't want her to be a damsel in distress. I, I wanted, I, and in the script it said that she'd come from foster homes and foster care and that really struck me that, okay, she's surrounded by all these wealthy people, but the last time they killed someone was <laughs> a long time ago. And <laughs> she, uh, you know, she's scrappy. She would have, you know, maybe fought with foster parents and that's what made her who she was. And I didn't, I wanted to try and stay away from her playing the same beat all the time of being scared and more scared and accidentally escaping. I wanted her to be logical and go from shock and fear to anger and determination. I thought that was interesting. And uh, Radio Silence and Fox Search like, were so collaborative with me on that and I really love them for that. How did the look of the film come together? It's very, it looks like a horror movie, but also like a, a super, a sort of super stylized version of the horror Brett, movie. Brett, do you want to take this one? Brett. Brett. Brett, will you stand up though? Please stand yeah. up. Yeah. Cinematographer, TV, yeah. Brett Jukowitz. <laughs> Thank you so very much. I mean, we, there, there are so many, there are so many influence in, influences and references that we talked about. Uh, when we first met with Brett and we're talking about the, the look of the movie. Um, I think that uh, the, the things that we really wanted to achieve were at first this feeling of, this feeling of power and stability, right? The tradition of the family, this thing that's been rooted through so many generations and, and, and through, through so much time and so much wealth. The, um, the power of that and the presence of that is so present in the beginning of the movie. And, um, so the camera's more stable, it's more steady. The color, it has this sort of rich, rich feel to it. And then as, um, as Sam, as Grace enters this world and she starts to pull the thread of, of what this family is and what, may, what it may become, uh, the camera becomes more shaky, it devolves. It becomes, it becomes her, it becomes this collision, right? 
and, um, and that the camera throughout the movie um, really is in so many ways a representation of, of Sam and of Grace and, and her perspective on what's happening and, and, um, and her really this destructive force that she is uh, for, this, for this incredibly, this seemingly indestructible family. Um, and you know, and, and then we had we had an, we had we had amazing luck. We had great locations. We had an amazing crew. Um, and okay, DP. The DP was fine. Uh, you know, um, well, we have some things. We need, we need to do a post mortem after after this. Uh, no, it was it was just a really. Uh, I, I mean, look, there there's so much. There's so many variables to to make any project. And you know, uh, serendipity and alchemy are certainly a huge part of that. And um, we 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 just had a, a lot of really amazing. A lot of really amazing breaks. We found really great locations. We had a great crew, and and you know it's so there's so much that's responsible for the look of the film. Um, but uh, yeah, we we're, we're we're pleased. Well, we have a big group here, so I'm going to throw it out to the audience. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of questions. If you want to raise your hand, we have a mic coming around, and uh, you guys are supposed to be thinking about good questions. Yeah, yeah. He did say think of good questions. <laughs> uh, yes, right there. Congratulations on the film, it was fantastic. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about the actual board games that appear in the title sequence and uh, how you wanted that to reflect the lineage of that gaming dynasty. Or Dominion, sorry. Did you ask, you ask about the board games? Yeah. Specifically? I mean, we, our, our, um, our production designer, one of the ideas that we had really early on was wanting um, to sort of root this idea of, of the gaming dynasty in this family, very specifically starting with the box, which is a game in and of itself. And then uh, kind of pulling, pulling that idea and the feel, the analog feel and the kind of ancient and traditional feel of that from that object through sort of evolving it through time. And one of the things that we really hope to achieve is that there are there's some real contemporary elements with those games, right? We didn't want it to feel like it was this, um, this incredibly arch, otherworldly family. We wanted it to feel like, you know, you, you might be looking in your own family's game, game closet, and you'd see, you'd see all of these sort of fun, seemingly innocent games represented, you know, on a shelf. And, you know, obviously this family is obsessed with dis displaying their, their wealth and, and the dynasty, and so um, it, felt, it felt right that that was the that that was the opening shot of the movie, to show them kind of through, through time. Uh, yes. Um, actually, it's three different locations. Um, one of them is the Parkwood Estate, where they shot Billy, Billy Madison, Madison. Which, is, which is also a horror movie. Um, so, so we had to shoot it in a way where you don't really you know, see the, the parts you really know from there. And, and, but and you do, because they're all... But we do. We use them. And we all did the dance on the stairs, just because... And at no point we was Norm Macdonald in the fountain. No. During the show. No, no, and the clown is not dead anymore. So you think. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. So it was a Parkwood Estate. It was um, Casa Loma in downtown Toronto, where we used ma mainly for the hallways. And there was the YWCA in Oshawa, also, where we did the dining room scene at the end. And that was actually the only location we were allowed to use practical effects blood. <laughs> so the rest of it was all kind of like a little cheated and, and, and everything else. And we had a fantastic production designer, Andrew Stern, uh, who worked on shows like Handmaid's Tale, um, Dark Matter, if anybody's sci-fi um, fans. He, he did a great job of building a wall and just 
like able to bridge it all together and like uh, building a literal a literal wall, not a not a figurative, not a metaphor. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize how that was a, like a trigger subject. But like, so we just had this like piece of the house that we took with us and put it all together, and we wanted to have this feeling of like you could get lost in the house. You don't know the size of the house. You never see the house from the outside, so you could see the scope of it, and just and just live in that moment and be kind of trapped in this game. Cool. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, yes, right in the center there. Can you raise your hand a little higher so the mic can find you? Yep. Hi, thanks. I love how the film juxtaposed the humor with the, uh, the horror elements, but um, my question was, uh, actually I have two questions, but well, what was the inspiration for the, the film? I mean, did, were, did the writers have traumatic experiences with sociopathic <laughs> in-laws or a horrible wedding? And I guess the other question was, um, this being you know Hollywood horror film, are there any plans to turn it into a franchise with sequels, or has anyone thought about that yet? Are we soliciting pitches on, on yeah. sequels? <laughs> if somebody has a good idea, we're in. We'll take it. No, Alex comes back to life. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't speak for what Guy and Ryan went through as kids, but I do know that they... they uh, they're, they're weird, though. There's definitely damage. <laughs> Somewhere. Actually, they're in the movie, so if you saw the crossbow video that Fitch was watching when he was on the toilet, those are the two writers of the movie. And they sent us like an hour and a half of those videos. They sent us an hour of videos, and we're like, we need it for like a second, maybe they're, two. They're we, will, we will leak those at some point in time. We will just post them on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and they, uh, they, I know they, they talked about Rosemary's Baby being a big influence when they wrote it. Um, that's the one that stands out in my mind. Do you guys remember anything else? No, I mean not like, not specifically, but they are they are they are so well versed in every genre yeah. of movie, and it's I think it's apparent in yeah yeah, and, and it's this. one of those things like where it's like, and you mentioned this earlier, but they they had a tone in the script that was something we had not read before, and it was something that when we read, we were like, oh my god, whatever they've been through, I'm sort of glad because this is awesome, and we want to be a part of it. So I don't know if they went through trauma, but. Right. <laughs> Um, that was a wonderful film, thank you, and um, really gorgeous performances too. I wanted to ask, I suppose particularly Samara, how do you, just from an acting point of view, how do you have to find that <laughs> when they start filming, which are, I presume are fairly short stop and start scenes and all other sequence, how do you, and let alone find continuity between those scenes, what, what goes on either in you or on set to kind of, to find that each time? I don't know. I can't. I can't really remember. Maybe you guys will. Remember. I mean, I always recall that we would call action, and you would become an insane person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we'd call cut, and you would immediately laugh. It was like, <laughs> and there's obviously like, there's there's a certain level of artifice and, and fantasy to the movie that I think everyone who was a part of it was sort of aware of, like, oh shit, we're playing crazy make believe. Yeah. As soon as <laughs> right you, now. as soon as you think about how ludicrous the story is, that's when we would just break. There's a scene with Mark and I in the car and I'm asleep and I turn around and Mark has a mask on. Took us like, it, it should have been five minutes. It took us about an hour because we just couldn't stop laughing. And the crew thought it was fun for like 10 minutes and then it just, it was 4 a.m. and they wanted to get home. Well, the more frustrated we, we got, didn't make the more our day that day. It began for you guys. I was banging my head like just, it's so just 
sleep and wake up and be like, oh no, it's, it's easy. Just do it. I could not stop laughing. And we were like, we're, we're, we're sorry. Okay, we'll, so and, sorry. And then they were like, oh, that's cute. And then after a while they were like, do the fucking scene. Like, I, I got kids. Like, I gotta I, go I think home. there's like an eight minute gag reel for the film. Yeah. And I think that you guys like the whole thing. fucking that scene up is like seven minutes of the eight minute gag reel. <laughs> but in terms of and I had a mask on. I, like, I had a mask but on the whole time, and it was the hardest performance I've ever done in my life. I was so close to your face, I could see the sticky tape, like, sliding, <laughs> and I could see the glint in your eyes trying not to laugh. But I think in terms of trying to find anger, it was really, you know, just using your imagination. Because I, I don't have, like, <laughs> thank God I don't have a, a situation that I could draw on. <laughs> so, yeah, I just had to, yeah, imagination station. <laughs> It's a tricky <laughs> dynamic. The way that the family has this very straight face and throughout just very determined and serious. And Alex is sort of a buffer between his family and Grace. And then Grace is kind of like, what the hell is going on here? Like, what? This is, this is batshit crazy and it's ridiculous. And she, even, she breaks down laughing a number of times in the movie. And that in itself, that kind of chemistry seems challenging that's how I, I sometimes I react like that to bad news it's terrible my good friends know me they just know that when I'm laughing I'm I'm just in shock and I'm, I'm very deeply sad but they just need to lock me in a room for a hot sec and then when it hits me properly I'm a mess but uh, I remember doing that take and I just said to Matt do you mind if I just start laughing <laughs> and uh there was a hesitation, but yeah, try it, why not? And uh, yeah, made it in there. I really was surprised. We, we did one cut without the laughing, and we're like, nope, <laughs> let's go do the laugh cut. It was, it was one of the greatest like, gifts of shooting. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm curious to hear how all of you conceptualize the film subtext, how it relates politically, uh, to this current time period that we're all living in, mm -hmm. and what it says about class, and how children learn things from their parents. <laughs> I feel like you just summed up a lot of Yeah, it. you just nailed it, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, the movie hopefully speaks for itself on some level, and that's, that is a lot of it. It's, it's the class, it's the entitlement, and it's the what you learn from your family. It's that scene between you two that, that kind of sums it up. I mean, we made the joke that, like, oh, that movie is, like, the keystone to the movie, where you go, or that scene where it's like, oh, yeah, your family said it was okay? So you go with it. And, and, and for us, it was, it was one of the things that was exciting in the script is that we get to have all this batshit crazy stuff and then also all of this very real, very, very grounded stuff. And I mean, I know the three of us feel very lucky for all of the cast where it was like you guys were able to really ground all of that and make it believable so that hopefully then it becomes relatable for everybody else. Hi, guys. Uh, so this is sort of a really cool summer of catharsis for women in film where we get to the end of the film and instead of feeling like the damsel in distress, it's sort of a coming moment where it feels like the end of Heather's where she lights the cigarette as she walks away from the building. So I wanted to actually know uh, for balancing that rhythm, because you probably heard it in the claps and the cheers when she punched a child. Uh, <laughs> Way to go, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, all bad people. <laughs> finding that rhythm. He shot me. <laughs> yeah. So it's about, I guess, how did you exactly, whether you in cutting, directing, or working towards it, finding that rhythm between the humor and the catharsis and the fear of it? 
I mean, certainly a lot of it is found in, in editing, but so much of it is about, um, I mean, the, the movie only works if everyone's playing it straight. And that's, a, uh, that's just a feat of, of, of the performances, um, because it obviously is, when you, when you strip away like the, the more dramatic ideas, the more dramatic themes, the sort of political commentary, like it's a, it's a, it's a, crazy, it's a crazy fucking movie. It's a family that has this deal with the devil. I mean, it's, it's really, really insane. But the, um, the, the ability for all of that stuff to exist, the, the scares, the catharsis, the sense of humor, it's all, about, uh, it's all about feeling like you are in an experience, that you're, you're witnessing an experience that would be happening if the camera wasn't there, wasn't there capturing it, right? And so much of that, too, is about um, creating characters that, uh, that have a lot to go through um, and aren't tropes, right? I think, I think probably the most arch character is, is Aunt Helene, and she's at one, <laughs> one end of the insane spectrum, and then you have, you know, Alex and... and, and Daniel, played by Mark Brody, who are at the, the, the absolute other end. Mark I'm sorry. Mark I love Mark Brody. He's my favorite. He's, we need to get, we need to get Adam that, and I are combining into one person. That clone needs to happen immediately. Hollywood would never be I'm weirdly complimented. <laughs> um, but um, but that within, that within the ensemble, um, everyone believes so wholeheartedly in what, in what they're attempting to do, whether it's you know, catch the bride, kill the bride, the, the, the fight to survive, the desire to bring your son back into the fold. It's all, um, it's all really, really honest and, and really earnest at the end of the day. And, and it, um, that, that is why the tone, the sort of pivot between all of these different genres works at all. And while, while ultimately it is this satisfying thing, I mean, I think, as you said, Sam, you know, and, and one of the things that you brought to it early on was this idea of, wanting to just be a badass, to not be this trope of this, this girl who's, who's meek and, and incapable at the beginning and then like learns to be tough at the end. You're, yeah, I didn't want it to be accidental that she yeah. survived. Like, and so it was, it was in the job of, of the movie to place enough crazy obstacles in front of you mm -hmm. and to, to keep stacking them so that there was a real sense of peril and a real sense of thrill and then uh, ultimately this huge catharsis at the end when you finally like make it, make it through. It's also like what you said before, that it's also... Mar uh, the, the, Mark Brody, ladies Mark and gentlemen. Mark Brody, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, last name doesn't matter, doesn't, who cares? Um, <laughs> I was not on the OC, though. It's a kind of movie where it, 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 we lean into the fact that we know that this is crazy. All the, the characters are like, yeah, this is, I know this is an insane kind of thing that's happening, and we're not even sure if it's real, too, so... You know, and there's a dialogue about we're on the audience's side of like the audience is having the conversation with the characters yes, about yeah. the crazier elements and aspects. Yeah, we're brilliant. <laughs> That's what we're getting at. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Mark Brody. I'll see you later. I haven't said anything. Can I say something? Yeah. Yes. Please say everything. Please <laughs> keep keep us from talking. I appreciate that. I don't say it was a huge privilege to get to work on this movie. I had no idea what I was getting into. First of all, I was very ignorant as to who Samara Weaving is, so I apologize for that because she's brilliant and I got to work alongside her, which has been one of the greatest joys of my life. And them together, the chemistry was amazing and both of them are extremely talented. You're so talented, you really are. And these guys blew my mind. I had never done anything like this. I might cry, I'm sorry. But um, I didn't, I really didn't know what I was getting into and Watching them work was so spectacular, and 
um, they have a system that I've never ex experienced anything like this. I've never done horror, I've never done gore, and I didn't really know what I was getting into. And, and they were so, they're so gifted and so talented, and I have a huge appreciation now for gore. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. You know, it's like, I, you know, it's like, used to be one of those people who was so scared of it, but I'm not anymore. I really see the brilliance and humor of it. And if you watch them make it, oh my God, it would just blow your mind. Because when you're making it, I was talking to Adam Brody the other night, you're not scared. It's like you say, you're laughing. And, but the technical work that goes into it is just unbelievable. And one night, Tyler, we did this scene where the maid gets shot in the mouth. And I kept hoping, <laughs> hoping that he was liking what I was doing, and I really couldn't tell, and I really wasn't sure I was liking what I was doing. And Matt was walking me through it and was really sweet and really gentle, and I was still really scared. And, and he just goes off like a child at the, at the maid getting shot in the mouth. And I was like, oh, my God, okay. That's what you have to do. But I have to tell you, the maids were so good. Yeah. They yeah, were so fantastic. good. It really was. I watched them physically, and I was like, who are these people? Their bodies, like, do you, the way they moved. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, totally never was like, oh my God, where'd they find these people? And everyone, it really was, everyone showed up. That was the magic of it. Every once in a while you work on something and it seems like all the components are there and everyone's cast as they should be, which is something really scary to say about myself in this role. That I'm perfect for this role, but I guess I am. And everybody showed up and they allowed creativity. They really did. They allowed you to add whatever you wanted to add, which... It's kind of mind-blowing because people don't normally do that. I said, well, I'd like to add these rhymes. And so they let me do the buzz, buzz, the bumblebee, border hole, and a sycamore tree. It sounds like nothing, you know, but it's so much. It's such a weird thing to say. And it's such a weird thing to say when you're working next to Christian, who, you, you know, who's brilliant, who's so good. And then, you know, you have the opportunity to just, like, make something up, like, give me the fucking lanterns. And every, holy dick. Know, yeah. Give me the Andy holy saying holy dick. dick is, like, my favorite That was line. my idea, holy dick. It sounds really small, but, you know, but it was good. It was good. It was like, can I say holy dick? Yes, all the time say holy dick, <laughs> Andy McDowell. Holy dick. And it meant so much to me that I could say holy dick. <laughs> that was really funny. It was really funny. You know, when you don't have the, when you have a smaller role, you just want it to be meaty and juicy too. You want it to, to have something, you know, you want to be good. And that was the thing about every actor on this, every actor in this wanted to be good. And when that happens, it's okay, they're the lead. Samara's the like big time lead. But when that happens, it like, it explodes. It really does. And I, you know, I thought Melanie was crazy. I told you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That Melanie is the woman, the girl that plays my daughter, okay? And she was so big. She was big. And I have a tendency as an actress to play it small. I don't, like, I really go for the real stuff. And every once in a while, I'll step out. But, man, she was over the top. She was over the top. I was like, what the hell is she doing? You know? Is this going to be any good? The same, the same with Nikki. Nikki, Nikki. Come to us and actually Nikki ask us so the same thing. Like, what I the hell like, am I doing? I was like, really? Seriously? This yeah. is what she's choosing to do? But it's so fantastic. Even Henry a little bit, too. Henry sometimes. Henry, Henry had the fine balance of doing both. But Henry had, he, he had it on his shoulders. I mean, he had a lot of work to do. But the thing of it is, is really everybody was into it. You know, they were really excited. They were supercharged to, like, to be a participant and to be there. So... It's not, it doesn't always happen.
Fun, fun fact. That was, wait, Andy McDowell, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So. Well, the funny thing is, like, when we had to spit the blood, that was funny, too. <laughs> then Adam was like, I can't wait to see Andy McDowell spit blood. I'm like, okay, I can spit blood. You know, I'm going to spit blood. Then I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to spit the blood? I want to spit the blood good. And then I'm looking around at how everybody's spitting the blood. I want to make sure I make a good choice on how I'm going to spit the blood. So I'm like concocting in my mind. It's like, how can I spit the blood different than everybody else spits the blood? So I tried to drool it out the side of my mouth. And I was like, Matt, how'd you like that? I was like, you know, I was trying to drool it out the side. He just, just spit it, just spit it. You, you should have said holy dick and then spit it. <laughs> Okay, two takes for spitting the blood, okay? Not a lot of choices. <laughs> we should right. say, too, like, the, the crazy thing, when we started shooting, we, of course, were, like, in awe because Andy McDowell. And we show up on the first day, and we have to kill, we have to kill her on the first day. It was this insane thing where we're like, oh, shit, we're, we're working with an idol, and... And, you, and this is the first fight you've done on camera. I yeah, mean, I imagine you've been in a lot that, of fights yeah. in your real life, bar fights and stuff. <laughs> no, like that. no, no, fights. <laughs> but it was like, oh man, we're gonna, we're at sink or swim. You time. were nervous, can you imagine. <laughs> but that scene's great. It's I great. love that scene. And it's like I look at it, I was like, I can't even remember doing that. <laughs> Going after her like that. I do remember, like, I had to throw Samara. Uh, I had, you know, I had to throw her up against the wall and choke her. So every time I was choking her, and you don't want it to look fake. So, you know, I was kind of choking her. But every, no, time, <laughs> <laughs> and every time I was like, am I choking you too much? I want to be sure you're okay. I, I do fine. remember Samara saying, she's kind of choking me. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But you know, I'm sorry. This was day one, day one. Are you okay? Day two, I, really? I was oh, shit, fine, I was sorry. fresh as a daisy. <laughs> Whatever, it's 90% of Rotten Tomatoes, who cares? <laughs> Head but in it's rehearsal, good, so but it's good. It's That's true. You did do that. She I gave me an egg. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was in pre-rehearsals. Yeah, it was like, hi, nice to meet you. I was like, hi. It was a fake, <laughs> it was a fake rock, fake rock, but it was really hard. It was a hard fake rock. <laughs> so sorry. I'm so sorry. And everybody was flipping out, like the all the stunt guys. Because well, we didn't They're know like, how cool you were. Everybody out of the room. Everybody out of the room. Get some ice. Everybody out. Take it 10 minutes out of the room. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh well. <laughs> as long as the movie's good. That's all that matters. Well, uh, as much as I hate to end this, <laughs> I am so thrilled to end it on this note. So thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you all. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Film at Lincoln Center is a nonprofit arts organization based in New York City and supported by individuals just like you. For 50 years, we've been dedicated to supporting the art and elevating the craft of cinema and enriching film culture through the programming of festivals, series, retrospectives, and new releases. The publication of Film Comment, the presentation of podcasts, talks, and special events, the creation and implementation of artist initiatives, and our film and education curriculum and screenings. To learn more about what we do and support Film at Lincoln Center by becoming a member, visit filmlink.org.
That's F-I-L-M-L-I-N-C dot org.